Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everybody. It's Wednesday night. It's 8 p.m. in the West. So you know what time it is. It's another time, it's time for another exciting episode of the West Recess with your main man, Raider Rome, a.k.a. the Sports Butler, a.k.a. my little brother's big brother. And we're going to lay out to you some more exciting sports action like we do every week. And you know that I can never fight the sport West Coast bias alone. I'm here with my main man, Josh, a.k.a. Patriot Man, a.k.a. <laughs> Thunder Fabulous. How you feeling tonight, Josh? Yeah, I'm feeling good, uh, Thunder pulled off a win over the 76ers closer than it should have been, but I'm happy, and Westbrook had a nice game, so how are you doing? Oh, I'm feeling great, man. My UCLA Bruins, it looks like they're about to get themselves a win here to get themselves in the top four of the Pac-12 tournament, so that might help them get off the bubble a little bit, and trust man. me, it was it was much needed. <laughs> yeah, the UCLA needed a win to get back in the bubble bubble watch, I guess, for the tournament. Yeah, they definitely needed that. And look, and tonight here we got ourselves an action-packed show for you. We're going to get into a lot more about Russell Westbrook and his, ama- and his amazing um, February and even his March, to the, well, the start of his March anyway. <laughs> We've got some NFL free agency talk here. We're going to even talk a little bit about how the L.A. Lakers are going to do going forward. They played a pretty good game tonight in Miami. They came up short again. We'd like to see how their future is going to go. And we may have a little baseball talk from, from my main man, Coach Z, whenever he calls in. He's going to be our guest for the night. And if there's any time, you know how we do. We will have our viewers ask questions and pretty much tell us how they feel about certain issues that have gone on in the world of sports. And without further ado, did I call that race Sunday or did I not call it, Justin? Uh, you you got it right, Jerome. Uh, Jimmy Johnson got the win. It and he actually uh, he led 92 laps of the race, and for the most part, he he dominated last half of the race. I mean, I would say Kevin Harvick dominated the majority of the of the race from the start to the middle, a little bit after halfway. Um, it started under rain delay uh, the race, so they got a little, started a little late. But the, there's some funny things I wanted to mention before we even talk about the races what happened before the race when the 44 car of Travis Quapple was stolen <laughs> from outside his hotel. And it, it ended up, um, they dropped the car off in the middle of nowhere and they finally found the car. But unfortunately for Travis Quapple, he had to withdraw from the race because he was a small budget team and he did not have an extra car <laughs> to, to get down to Atlanta in time for him to race. So he had to withdraw. So, that's a lot of money lost just for missing the race. And then the car alone, you know, is probably about $314,000 in value. So luckily they did get that back. Other things happened in Atlanta too that was interesting. They had a supercross race that was going on in the same weekend as the Atlanta race. And uh, two of the bigger names, uh, supercross drivers, bikes were stolen um, while in Atlanta. And a NASCAR hauler was vandalized before that. All this happened in Atlanta. As far as the race, as you, you predicted, Jimmy Johnson did win. Kevin Hart finished second. Dale Jr. was third. Joey Logano, who was the Daytona 500 winner, finished fourth. Matt Kent was the fifth. As far as, you know, um, some other notables that people might care about, Jeff Gordon finished 40 first. He has not had a good start this season. Danica Patrick, 16. She was one lap down. My favorite driver, Casey Kane, finished 14th. Unfortunately, he got caught up in a pit road violation under green the last run before the end of the race, and you don't usually make up a lap when that happens under green. So he lost a lap, and he never recovered. 
As far as this coming race, Las Vegas is a 1.5 mile track. It has 20 degrees of bank in. Green flag is to be thrown at 1246 Pacific, uh, Pacific Standard Time. I went with your time, so I'll make you happy. <laughs> last, well, you last know, you know what side is the best side, Josh. <laughs> well, man, it confuses me, but, yeah, you're right. <laughs> um, last year's winner, Brad Keselowski, um, was the one last year. This is going to be his two-month career start this, this weekend at the race. So, uh, you know, in NASCAR, when people are having special events, they usually win the race. So I wouldn't be shocked if Brad Keselowski won the race. As far as uh, some notes for upcoming race, Brian Brickers is returned to the 55 car, Michael Walter Racing car. He was out the first two races of the year because he, well, in 2010, to back back brief the story, he had a heart, a hole in his heart that was leaking, and they had to put a patch on on it. And recently in December, uh, he had some chest issues, and he felt like there was something wrong. So he went to the doctor and come to find out that patch had um, loosened and came away from where they had sewn it in, and it was leaking. So he had to have another surgery to have a new patch installed. As far as last week, Brett, Brett Moffitt replaced them and actually had a really good race. Um, he's a younger driver and finished eight. As far as the story I mentioned about last week, Kurt Busch, he um, – he, Appealed twice, and they denied his appeal twice for coming back and racing. Um, but what they did rule is that he had to do some anger management and some domestic abuse counseling. And he has a counselor who has to report to on his progress, and it's kind of like a parole officer in a way. Um, and that's the only way NASCAR is going to reconsider um inviting him back to race in NASCAR. So he has, he has to complete all those steps where they'll let him back. As far as the Las Vegas race, um, I'm going to go ahead and predict Denny Hamlin is going to win because he always runs good at these flatter track races. So I wouldn't be shocked if he is up front. And if I were to put a sleeper out there, Eric Almirola probably would be my sleeper. So that's my NASCAR brief for the week. Um, you got any comments or questions? Well, no, you pretty much laid it out for me. Now I'm looking forward to watching this here race to, to see what I can learn from <clears throat> from this flat track out here in Vegas. You know, because I ain't really messed with it too much, but it should be a good race. I mean, the weather should be fine. We finally just got ourselves over a rainstorm out here in the Pacific, so it'll be a good fast race. But no, hopefully not too many crashes. And I'm going to go ahead and say maybe Danica wins this week. I don't know why. Danica wins. Danica's gonna, uh, Danica might win. Who knows? If she wins, that would be amazing. <laughs> that would be the longest of shots right there. Well, yeah, I mean, she's raced so well for so long, it's about time she get one, you know. <laughs> I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to write this down. Jerome is picking Danica Patrick to win this week. Hey, well, I'm one for one so far, Josh. Hey, let's see if <laughs> you I can are. get the <laughs> I'm over two, so I, I'm hoping that I can get get a win here, so I can catch back up to you. <laughs> You'd be all right. <laughs> yeah, man. I know we don't talk too much about Midwestern basketball out here in the in the West Coast, but I mean the Oklahoma City Thunder. I mean they're Western Conference, so they're pretty much one of those teams we should cover. And man, I'll tell you, there's one guy out there that's just becoming one hell of a national story. One Russell Westbrook, man, could you imagine the month? Can you, you, man, it would take me about three months to play the way he's played this month. Man, 47, yeah. he had 49 tonight, 16 rebounds, 10 scores. He got his fourth consecutive triple-double tonight, the first time since Michael Jordan did that in 1988-89. Man. And I'm going to go over a couple of feats that Russell Westbrook has, has gone, has um, had this month. Courtesy of Josh. Wilson, I mean, what's Westbrook? Oh, go ahead, Josh. No, go ahead. You got this. <laughs> Westbrook was the last person to record three state triple doubles since LeBron James in 2009. That's actually kind of shocking because I would have thought that would actually have been a little bit of a longer streak because it's hard to get one triple double. And he, he got three? Well, four now. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, four now. 
And he's yeah. not just getting like 10, 10, 10. He's getting like 35, 15, and 12. These are video game type numbers. It's like, what the <laughs> hell, you know? Yeah, that's amazing. Man, the crazy thing was, though, that the Thunder actually lost a couple of them games last week. They got beaten wow. by yeah. they got beaten by the Suns on national TV. Then they turned around and lost to Portland again. But I mean, you can't really fault Westbrook for that, though. He came out, he did his job. Then he yeah, comes back real quick from. Oh, go ahead, Jessica. Oh, Westbrook's been playing at a high level. Like he is literally, he's a one man show out there on the court. Like, like just look at tonight's stats: forty nine points, sixteen rebounds, ten assists. Three steals and a block for a point guard. I mean, come on, that's ridiculous. Um, yeah, man, it's like a video game. I mean, what can you say? Yeah, well, let's, let's look at let's look at what he did last month <laughs> alone. He what, what was it? Uh, he averaged thirty one point two points a game, nine point one rebounds, and ten point three assists a game. That hasn't been done since Oscar Robinson did it. <laughs> so that's yeah. it's been a while since anyone's done. Played like that. Yeah, we're going to have to start calling him Baby Ola. We're going to... Yeah, no kidding. Yeah. Then he he was the first person out for 40 point triple double since, once again, LeBron James on February 18, 2010. Man, Westbrook, you just, you just setting records as long as you go along, man. I got nothing against it. And as you said before, Josh. He's averaged 31.2 this month, 9.1 boards, and 10.3 assists during the month of February. So it's not just ball hogging with him. I mean, he's sharing the ball, he's grabbing the rebounds, and he's putting the ball in the basket. I mean, efficiency like this hasn't been seen in at least 30 to 40 years. But, I mean, he's also been shooting at a high percentage, so it hasn't taken him a lot of shots to get these points. You know where he uh, he excels, I think, where he sets himself apart from others is the free throw line. This dude, he went two games in a row. I think he shot 28 from tw- for 28 from the line. That's just amazing stuff, you know? Yeah, man. It's always good when you can get yourself a point guard that can get us up to the foul line, and you know he's going to get you two points every time. I mean, them free throws, when you get when you get to the end of a game, I mean, you start getting tired, your legs starting to go, you're going to miss one or two. And Westbrook, he just knocks them down. Yeah, he, he missed a couple. He missed a couple tonight, but I mean, he he just coming back. We didn't mention this, but he also had, he fractured his. I forgot it's a bone in his head. And he just came back from surgery like two days ago, and he's already back. And he puts up forty nine points tonight, which is ridiculous. So yeah, he returned. He returned with a vengeance tonight. Mm-hmm. I thought he would actually miss a couple more games with that eye injury. He only missed one, and I'm not even 100% sure if he wanted to miss that game against the Lakers Sunday when he, that he did sit out. I, I think Brooks would have made him sit again. <laughs> because, honestly, they didn't, they didn't need him against the, your Lakers, I'm sorry to say. Oh, you're a jerk, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, man, it, it was just a fact because the Thunder took it to the Lakers on, what was it, Saturday or Sunday? Yeah, Sunday afternoon. Yeah. You got a yeah. caller, I think, who has a question on here. Okay. Let's see here. What 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 we got what we got here. Let me get back on here to this box here. All right. Oh, I don't see any questions here, Judge. No, there's a call in here in a while. Oh, here we go. We got Coach Z here on the line. How you feeling tonight, Big Z? Pretty good, how are you? Uh, I'm feeling great, man. Just sit there. Josh, how you doing? Good. How you doing, man? Pretty good. Sitting here hey, marveling uh, about Westbrook. Yeah. Uh, alluding to the uh, baseball that you guys have mentioned earlier, um, knowing that this is a West Coast show, you had to pick one player from the AL or NL West to build your franchise around. Who would it be and why? And I'll get off well, here. Well, if it's me, uh, you want to take that first, Josh, or you want me to take that? You're, you're, you're the host. You got this. All right, then. If it's me, I mean, I'm, I'm a Dodger fan, so you may think I'm a little bit biased here, but I would have to go with Clayton Kershaw to start my franchise, you know. You got to have that pitcher that every fifth day, you know, can give you a chance to win. 
especially if you're a young and building franchise. So I'm gonna have, I'm gonna have to go with 22. I mean, he's worth every bit of that 215 million that they pay the LA Dodgers. So that's my guy right there. What you got there, Justin? I'm gonna go with Mike Trout, the dude. He can hit, he can field. The only knock on Mike Trout would, to me, would be he, he does strike out quite a bit, but he he gets on base. He 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 knocks in runs. He creates runs. He, he actually can move around the bases quite well for someone, you know, his size too. So I would have to say Mike Trout for sure would be my choice. And Kershaw obviously is not a bad choice for anyone, but. If I wanted to start a team, I would probably go hit him first because that's just, I'm a novice like that, so I probably would take take a batter over a pitcher. Well, hey, there's nothing wrong with Mike Trout. I mean, if, if I was thinking of a position player, I probably would have went with him myself. But, I mean, I always think you got to have that shutdown guy. So how about you, Z? If, if you were starting your team, who would you who would you begin with? I think he logged off, my man. <laughs> oh, he did? Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, I was I was wondering about that. Well, next week, we both of you for we got to answer. So, I, I, uh, okay, okay. He, he says he says in the room, Paul Goldschmidt would be his pick. Um, well, Paul uh, Goldschmidt is a pretty good um guy. I mean, I've seen him a few times. He's with the Dodgers. Uh, he's he's a big hulking third baseman from the Arizona Diamondbacks. But I'm sure you out there in viewer land know that already. You know. I mean, I would like to see the Dodgers make a run at Goldschmidt myself in a couple of years, but I hear he signed a five-year deal back in 2013, so he's still off the market for at least another two to three seasons. And now with revenue sharing in the Major League Baseball, I'm sure Arizona will be able to re-sign him when that when they won't, when he comes back up for free agency. He's got an affordable contract, solid first baseman, and he hits for power and can steal bases. I mean, pretty much kind of the same thing Mike Trout does, just in a different league. So yeah, he's not a bad pickup. Yeah, they're similar players. I mean, um, you can't knock either of them. I would I would take either to start a team. To be honest, so it's not a bad choice at all. Yeah, it looks like we got a call here from New York. Who's on the line here with Raider Rome and Josh? Hey guys, it's DJ. Oh hey DJ, how you feeling yeah. tonight? It's good to see you. I'm good, guys. Got a great show going on. Yeah, I'm glad you enjoy. What's on your mind up there? What's um, I, I don't want to go too far into football, but I know you guys are going all around, so I might as well, you know, throw something out there for you. Um, I know it's a West Coast show, so I want to talk about the Broncos and uh, the Peyton Manning $4 million restructure. I want to know what you guys think about that. Well, for Denver, it's a great thing in my opinion, but, I mean, as a Raider fan, I'm kind of I'm kind of a little nervous about it now because I was kind of <laughs> hoping that the Raiders would be able to like make a run at Julius Thomas, but now with the money that that Denver has saved restructuring with Peyton Manning, they may be able to use that to throw at Julius since they franchised Demarius earlier this week. So that's why I met with that one. What do you got, Josh? Oh well, the thing is, is I I, I was gonna say basically I know they did. They're gonna go after Julius Thomas hard to get him back. Because he's a key piece of that team, so letting him go would be a pretty big deal. Um, the other thing is, you know, there's, they need to get another slot wide receiver because no one knows if Welker's coming back or not. So there's, you know, they need all the money they can get, and they they need to work on the offensive line too. So uh, they needed to they paying in and needed to take a pay cut. I mean, it's kind of like the Kobe Bryant kind of thing. Kobe is not willing to take a pay cut, so. Um, Luckily, Peyton Manning caught on to what's going on, and they need money so that they can get players to win Super Bowls. So it's the right move. He had to do it. Yeah, well, my thing with Denver is yeah, you, you made a lot of good points there as far as them needing to get another slot receiver. But I think even if Wes Walker is healthy, you know, he's kind of lose, having a lesser role every season in that offense. So yeah. Denver, they may want to go look elsewhere for a younger, faster alternative. No. And we'll get into free agents there here in a little bit just to see what they can do. But Denver, they have a lot of options now, though. I mean, I like their running back also, C.J. Anderson. So they're fine there. They don't have to sign too many running backs. Although they have a, they have a, they have, they're set at pretty much defensive back with Aqib Tlaib and Bradley Roby. I think Denver, they have a chance to make one more run at it, and then that may be it for, for Peyton and the guys. 
yeah, I mean, I agree with you definitely. They, uh, they're, they're going to make a run this year for sure for the AFC title. I don't, I don't, I don't see them not being a contender. They, they, they have issues offensive line. I think that's the main thing they need to target this off season. Because they're losing, I think, three, three starters. So um, they need to, they need to go hard at offensive line. They need to go get it. They need a tight end. I think Peyton Manning requires a tight end like Thomas to be to be around. I mean, he's always relied on tight ends, so it's no, no question to me that they they need the money to go get offensive line and a tight end for sure. Hmm. So, well, well, we'll take a look at what they got out there in free agency in a little bit. Was there anything else that you wanted to um, talk about there, DJ? While we had you here? Uh, no, no, that's about it. That's about it. Okay, well, I'm glad you tuned in, and thank you for listening, and you're welcome to come on and ask anything you want, anytime you want, man. And congratulations on your New England Patriots winning the Super Bowl. Well, rather, Seattle giving it to you, but that's another story. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, I don't, don't want to bring, let's, let's, want to bring uh, that up. <laughs> let's let's wish DJ a happy birthday before he logs off, too. Oh, happy oh, birthday you. also, DJ. Thanks, guys. Great show. I'll hang up and I'll listen to the rest. All right. All right. Tell, tell a friend or two. We, we're glad you enjoy it. All right. All right. Now, we, now we're going to go talk about an even younger team that I think is getting, going to turn the corner next year. But they're not doing very well this season. And that's my horrible, horrible Los Angeles Lakers. They've been putting oh, up a fight lately over the last month. I mean, Jeremy Lin has played very well coming off of the bench. I actually like our young point guard, Jordan Clarkson, also. He's done rather well. At 16-43, and 43, however, the Lakers, they're in a bit of a, a situation here. We have no Kobe Bryant, but, I mean, we knew that going forward. The Lakers, they need to continue to lose, I know how hard this is to say, in order to keep their top five pick. If they somehow finish with a pick outside of the top five, that pick will become the property of the Philadelphia 76ers as part of the Steve Nash deal in 2012 that they made, which, in my opinion, was a very, very stupid deal because you signed a 38-year-old point guard at the time that wasn't even that was actually kind of declining back then. But the Lakers, you have a, you have some young pieces. You get Kobe Bryant back again for for next season. I think he'll want to take one more run at it. You got you got Jeremy Lin who's on a one-year deal, but if I'm the Lakers, I'd go try to re-up on that because he's played very well. Jordan Clarkson, he's played well in spots as the point guard, and we can't forget my main man, Swaggy P, Nick Young. When he's on, he's on. He's been hampered over the last month, however, by a knee injury, so whenever he can get over that and stop thinking about Iggy Azalea every five minutes, I think he'll be perfectly fine, you know. And I'm pretty proud of the job that Byron Scott has done keeping the team together. Even though they've been long out of the playoff race, they haven't given up on the season, and you got to like that. They, they played Miami pretty tough tonight, but they came up a little bit short, falling by three points in Miami. Then next season, <clears throat> I've also forgot to mention, you've got your first-round draft pick from this season returning and one Julius Randle. Randle got injured in the first game of the season with a fractured leg. He also had foot issues, so they're taking care of all of that. And it's almost like having another first-round pick that's going to return for you next season. <laughs> I really like the future of this team. You're going to have a lot of cap space next season. Actually, the only players you're going to have on the books are Kobe Bryant and Nick Young. So the Lakers, I mean, the potential is there to get a free agent or two coming out next season. Hopefully a guy like Russell Westbrook will want to come home and help out. I know you don't want to hear that, Josh, but hey, us in L.A., we'd love it. You got anything you want to add to the Laker, to our Lakers segment here? You... <laughs> well, I mean, I don't, I don't see, I don't see Westbrook going to Los Angeles because I really think he likes, I, he loves Oklahoma City. I mean, you, you know that from anyone who watches the media here. He's very involved in the community. He loves it here. He plays hard for the team. He likes Scott Brooks as a coach. Um, and I really think he wants to stay wherever Durant is. I think those two love playing with each other because those two have a great great friendship. I don't see him leaving to go to go play with Kobe Bryant 
<laughs> to be honest with you, Kobe is not exactly what you would call the most, you know, fun to play with necessarily. I don't think he has that reputation. He's a he's pretty I don't know how to put it cocky, I guess is the word that I'd use. But I mean uh, the Lakers have the Lakers have a lot of a lot of holes to fill to get better for sure. But they ha I mean they have the money to do it. They just they just want it. They just have to want to do it, I guess that's really the key with that. Uh, yeah, I'm completely with you there, Josh. They got the money, they got the pedigree, you got the name. The only question is now, will free agents actually want to come to L.A. now and deal with Kobe Bryant and his, um, you know, eccentricities from time to time? Because he is one yeah. crazy basketball player. If you don't do what he likes, he's going to be on you. And if you make it uh, almost as much money as him, are you going to be able to stand down and take that secondary role? So, I mean, that's another thing to think about. Yeah, I agree with you. Uh, I mean, I think the biggest knock on Kobe Bryant lately has been a lot of people, especially L.A. fans, are wondering why he is not willing to take a pay cut to allow them to make some moves. But then again, you, you can make this argument, how don't they have the money, the Los Angeles Lakers, to make the moves they need to move, do anyway? But, you know, Kobe, he he's a big hit, <laughs> a big financial hit. So I wouldn't – I mean, maybe he could negotiate, work down some of it. If he, if he wants to win still, I mean, I personally as a player would, you know, take a pay cut to allow the team to make the moves that they need to. I mean, you know, Payne Manna did it today. Tom Brady's done it numerous times. Now, granted, you know, Tom Brady has actually just restructured his deals mostly is what he's done. But players do it all the time. If you want to win, you got to make sacrifices, and that's how I feel about it, so. Well, I'm hoping Kobe Bryant will make that sacrifice just to free up a little bit more money. But he doesn't seem like he would be willing to restructure. They actually asked him about this a few months ago, and he's like, hey, I make market value for my talents. Why should I restructure? So I don't think that the Lakers could actually convince Kobe Bryant to do anything of the sort. It would be nice, but, you know, Kobe Bryant, he's just one of those guys who's set in his ways. And that $30 million, I mean, that's a gigantic albatross around anyone's neck. I bet that once, once the Lakers get this from out from under them, they won't pay Kobe Bryant anything close to this ever again. Or at least let's hope not. Let's hope Jim Buss isn't that big of an idiot, you know? <laughs> right, yeah, 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 definitely. Well, DJ's call actually got me in a little bit of a football mood. How about yourself uh, there, Josh? Man, I love to talk football. Let's do it. All right, let's do it. Next, as you all know, next week, Next Tuesday, rather, at 1 p.m. West Coast time, free agency begins with a new league year. <clears throat> so with that, there were a lot of players that were out there on the uh, market, but that dreaded franchise tag pulled them back in, such as the linebacker from the from the Kansas City Chiefs, Justin Houston, with his 20 sacks last season. I mean, I was hoping that he would have got out there on the market, but you knew Kansas City wasn't going to let him go. They paid $13.195 million to tag him. And that was actually a pretty smart move on their part. Because, I mean, he would have been one of the best defenders out there. So, smart move by Kansas City. Up next, we have Demarius Thomas, the wide receiver from the Denver Broncos. His tag today um, was one was $12.8 million. And now, with, and now with Peyton restructuring and him being tagged, you know Denver, they're going to make themselves a hard run at their, their tight end, Julius Thomas. Next up, we have probably one of the best players that didn't hit free agency, Dez Bryant from the Dallas Cowboys. He got his tag from Dallas for the price of $12.8 million also. And from what I hear, he's pretty pissed about it. He wants that long-term deal. He feels that Dallas is kind of testing his loyalty. But, I mean... $12.8 million, you can't be too upset about that. Then JPP, the defensive end from the New York Giants, Jason Pierre-Paul, he got the um, defensive end tag of $14.813 million. Hmm. I find it interesting that defensive ends, their tag number is actually higher than um, a wide receiver. But, hey, New York wanted to keep him around, so I guess you can't really get too mad about that one. Now, here's a tag that's really kind of a hair-scratcher to me. The New England Patriots, they give it to their kicker, Steven Goskowski. $4.56 million. 
man, I wonder what they were thinking with that one. You could have just signed them to a kind of a decent deal, kind of similar to that. Because kickers don't make that much money. But I guess Belichick knows what he's doing as much as it kills me to say that. Hmm. How, did you, how, how do you feel about any of these franchise tags so far, Josh? Well, as far as the franchise tags, Justin Houston, from what I hear, he's he's not happy. And he's he might hold up. He, from what I read, he said he might hold up to week 10. And he's, uh, I think he's serious, actually. So, uh, as Brian, I already knew going in that he's not going to be happy with it franchise tag. I haven't heard much about Demarius Thomas, so to me it sounds like there's not much to worry about in Denver about his franchise tag. Jason uh, Pierre Paul, I mean to me that's the most surprising of all the tags. Well, I guess you could go with Gopkowski if you're a Patriots fan, but if you're a Patriots fan you know that it's not the first time Belichick has franchised a kicker. He did it twice with Ben and Terry before. And Belichick, you know, he he values kickers for sure because they are one of the most important parts of the game and people seem to forget how valuable they are especially somebody like Gopkowski who who rarely misses you know so well we I am a little uh, bit I am a little bit surprised because I was you know a lot of people were expecting McCordy to be the franchise for New England but I think at the end of the day to Belichick the more valuable the two players was the kicker which is a little shocking, but not surprising to me as a Patriots fan. Well, if you're a New England fan, I mean, you do know how valuable those kickers are. So, I mean, I guess I guess when you think about it that way, you can kind of see where Belichick was coming from with it. And now with McCourty out there, let's, I'm sure he's going to get a lot of interest from different from different teams out there looking to make to make a run in their secondary. For sure, for sure. In this week, we also had ourselves a pretty interesting trade before free agency began, such as that trade between Philadelphia and Buffalo, trading LaShawn McCoy for Kiko Alonso. I know this is going to be rather interesting, but I kind of think that Buffalo actually got the better of this deal because you got McCoy, who's on the downswing. He's been playing seven years, and you got Kiko Alonso. He's kind of a young um, linebacker. He was he was pro- I think I believe he was the defensive rookie of the year in 2013, and now Buffalo gets him returning off of an ACL injury, but he's still pretty good, and it's going to be interesting to see how he helps that Philadelphia secondary going forward. How do you feel about um, this trade, Josh? Well, to me the trade is um, to me it's a, a great trade for Buffalo, but the issue with the trade is not is not the trade itself; it's the fact that Latron McCoy has stated that he may not report to Buffalo because he's not doesn't really want to play there. So <laughs> that's the new wrinkle in this whole trade with that uh, for the Bills. So um, I don't know why he wouldn't want to play for Buffalo, but I can assume it has something to do with it's cold and and it's it's upstate New York, so there's not much going on up there. But I don't know if he's going to really follow through with those threats. But if he does, that's a big hit to Buffalo, and actually. It, it's a bad trade if you look at it that way. If he doesn't report and says trade me or I'm not, I'm not playing, you know. Well, that's kind. Of, that would be kind of dumb on his part, in my opinion, because I mean, I know Buffalo. It gets cold out there. It's almost in the middle of nowhere. There's really no clubs or nothing fun to do. But I mean, if you're gonna pay me ten million dollars to play here, I'll go play on Pluto for you. To quote Kobe Bryant from 2007, I'll play anywhere. <laughs> Give me the ten million dollars, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a greedy guy, but if you go offer me that, I'll go play for whoever. Well, except New England, but I mean, I'm biased. You would play for, you know, you would play for New England if they they offer you a contract. So <laughs> I wouldn't turn down any team. I wouldn't even turn down the Cowboys. But hey, the thing is with Lashawn McCoy, if he ends up playing in Buffalo next year, it's a great trade for them. And and you know, they made a trade for Matt Castle today too. And now I think they've got their running back and their quarterback that they need. Now they can focus more on the draft. So, it, you know, it's a good trade if McCoy doesn't actually follow through with his threats. So. Yeah, well, I think McCoy will actually come to a sense of there and join Buffalo. Because, I mean, you still got yourself a pretty tough defense down there. You know, Rex Ryan is going to always have defenders prepared to play. So the thing is, he needs to build that offense. And when you got tools such as Sammy Watkins, 
And I still think Freddie Jackson could probably play a little bit for Buffalo. So, I mean, they'll have a two-headed rushing attack, and, I mean, that can't hurt. So, you got then you got Sammy Watkins and Robert Woods. Their offense isn't that far off. This is going to be interesting to see who wins that quarterback battle between Matt Castle and E.J. Manuel. But I, I'm, I'm going to put my money on Manuel just because he's been – he got he lost the job last year. He got to sit back and watch a little bit more, and he's got more of an upside. So, I'm going to have to go uh, with man, Manuel. I, I, I disagree with you on that. I think Matt Castle is definitely going to be a starter next year. But, hey, that's my opinion only. Boy, ain't nothing wrong with that. It, hey, that's why they have training camp. We go, we'll see how it, how it sets up going forward. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I mean, I'm not a big Buffalo fan myself anyway. <laughs> <laughs> and now this is where we get into our cut players. We got Reggie Bush at the age of 29. He got thrown off of the Detroit Lions today. I mean, I may be in the minority here, but I still think that Bush could be tough in a two-back offense. You know, he still has the speed. He was never much of a between-the-tackles running back. But if you, if you can get him in a two-back set where he can um, work well with, with another powerful back, I still think that he has something to give to a football team. And I'm thinking of him maybe looking at a team like New England or possibly the New York Jets or something like that. Because the Chris Johnson experiment didn't work out too well for them last year. You got a big back in Chris Ivory. So I think this could help New York if they decide to go and you know, go that route. What do you think there, Josh? Um, I, you know, Reggie Bush, is he's, he's definitely one of the more versatile running backs in the league. He can, he can catch the ball and he can run it for sure. I mean, the issue with Reggie Bush is obviously health. I mean, he, he was hurt most of last year with an ankle injury. He only played in 11 games, so... For the Lions, the move, you know, cutting him saved him almost $2 million. So, I, I don't know what their plans are to replace him, but maybe they're going to go after Shane Green or somebody like that if uh, New England can't work a deal with him. So, I know that, uh, I mean, Reggie Bush, to me, he still has a couple of years left. He's not he's not done. He he, he just needs, he needs to get lucky and stay healthy. I think that's really the key with him right now. Yeah, well, Detroit, they still have Dwight Bell, so they're not really terribly hurting at the running back position. But yeah. but it was time for them to move on to Reggie Bush. I mean, you get injured, you rush Wally towards with under 96 yards. I'm sure that Detroit can find themselves a younger, cheaper um, running mate to go with Dwight Bell. So they'll be fine. Then we got A.J. Hawk, the linebacker from the Green Bay Packers. His playing time was diminished a bit last year due to his bone spur situation. He's already had his off-season surgery, but he was the longest-tenured player on player on their defense, and you know this is a young man's game. So it was about time for him to move on. He'll be released as a wage failed physical, and it wouldn't shock me to see him end up possibly somewhere in the NFC North, such as a Chicago or a Minnesota. Thanks for the write-up there on, on AJ Hawk, Josh. Where do you where do you see him? Where do you see him headed to? Oh man, I, I've already heard that he's got. Well, the rumors are he's going to Chicago, but I mean, rumors are rumors. There's no, there's no facts until it happens. I mean, he had a good year last year. It's not like he. The the main reason he got cut is because of the fact that he was going to cost them almost four million dollars this year. And he his age, he's 32 now, I think. Um, he had 89 tackles last year. I mean, he's going to play for somebody next year, but I wouldn't be surprised if he has a major drop off come come next year, you know, or a year after. He might have one good year left in him, but it's going to be a short-term contract, I would bet. And I wouldn't be surprised if he ends up on one of those teams in, in the NFC North, so like Chicago, Minnesota, as you said, or heck, I don't even – I wouldn't be surprised if it was Detroit. So. Yeah, yeah, he's going to want to probably stay in the North and take him a shot at the Green Bay Packers just to show that he has a little bit left in his tank. So that will be something to look forward to. Then we got another uh, we got another um, cut here. Darnell Dockett, the defensive tackle from the Arizona Cardinals, who at 33 years old, coming off of a torn ACL. I mean, you would figure that um, Arizona would make a move like this, even though it still shocked me. His 156 starts were seventh in franchise history, so he was a long time guy. He says he's feeling pretty confident in his, in his ability, saying he will be the comeback player of the year, and. 
Arizona, I mean, he had, he's had a visit so far with the San Francisco 49ers, so I, I, I'm not sure how that's turned out yet. But wherever he goes, I'm sure he'll be looking to get back at those Arizona Cardinals. And Dallas is probably another spot for him to look at also. So, I mean, there will be a market for a guy that can still rush the passer and clog that defensive line, and I think Darnell Dockett is one of those guys. How, how do you feel? How are you feeling about Dockett over there? Well, I mean, it's tough to it's tough to say with a guy coming off the ACL injury how he's going to play the next year. But for Arizona, this was pretty much a no-brainer. I mean, this is almost a seven million dollars saving in cap space for them. So I, I really think they had to do it. I don't think there was much of a choice. It's kind of like New England and Wolfwork. Uh, is the is the money worth worth the age of the player, or are we gonna we're gonna have to move on so we can create some cap space? That's really what this is all about. He, like he said, he's confident that he's going to be comeback player of the year, but where, where is he going to be playing next year? That's really the key. Uh, Cowboys, possibly, you mentioned the 49ers. I wouldn't be shocked if he ends up back in Arizona on a cheaper deal. Um, he might be a little bit bitter, but the kind of same thing that happened with Wilford last year. You know, he was a little bit upset about the whole thing, but at the end of the day, he realized, I'd much rather be in New England than somewhere else where I have to look, relearn, you know, the playbook. So he opted to go back to New England. So I wouldn't be shocked if Dockett does something similar to what Wilford did last year. So. Well, nothing wrong, nothing wrong with testing the market. Then if you do go to Frisco, you stay in the West, and you still get to see those Arizona Cardinals twice a year. So if Dockett is really serious about that comeback player of the year, you know he's going to be ready to get after um, Carson Palmer next year, who's coming off of an ACL chair of his own, and the guy never had much mobility anyway to begin with. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. He's not uh, he's not a sprinter for sure. Yeah, I feel you there. Now it's time to move on into our um, segment called the Top Free Agent. And everybody knows who's up first on this list. One, Big Bad and Dominican Sue from the Detroit Lions. You know, when the season ended at first, everybody automatically assumed that he would be gone from Detroit. Then over the last month or two, you've been hearing rufflings about will he stay? Are they close to a deal? There was no deal. He wasn't tagged. So now he will take the free agency walk on the 10th of March. My hope is that he ends up, go, go to the Oakland Raiders, have a meeting with him. Don't let the guy out of Oakland. Give him a check. Tell him it's blank to a certain degree, write down what you want, ask for what you want. Man, you already got yourself a cornerstone on your defense with a Khalil Mack and a C.O. Moore and Jelly Ellis. If Oakland could get, if Oakland could find a way to pull this off, look out. I mean, Jacksonville, they also have the money to do so. I've read that Sue, he had, Detroit is still in the running also. I'm not even going to throw them out of it. And Sue, for some reason, I've heard that his personal preference, he says he wants to go play in Seattle. I don't believe that Seattle has the cap to do that. They have to sign players such as Russell Wilson and Bobby Wagner. Then the New York Giants are also interested also. So whoever can end up getting his services, man, that'll turn your defense around almost overnight. How do you, what do you see when you think of Indomitian Sue and his whole free agency um, deal, Josh? Well, I think of a really large guy who's 6'4", 305 pounds. <laughs> he's huge. That dude's huge. But um, as far as his, uh, where he's going to end up, Man, I've heard Oakland from the get-go, but the thing is, when a player says he wants to play somewhere else, he might be willing to take less to go somewhere else. So you can't rule that out. I'm, I'm not knocking Oakland, but that's not necessarily an attractive, you know, place to play for some players. But Oakland has the money to throw at them, so they have to, you know, they have to do it. Jacksonville's another team similar with Oakland. They have money to spend, and they got to spend it. So. I mean, they they got to offer up, you know, Oakland and Jackson needs to offer up something that Seattle or or, or another team can't match. So, um, and Oakland having, you know, Sue on their uh, defensive line would be would, would be huge. And, you know, they have other, you know, Oakland needs to go after some other players too, but I think mean, Sue would be huge for them. So, having well, I mean, Sue would be the first domino in the rebuilding of the Oakland Raiders outside of Khalil Mack. Then we drafted very well last year, adding Derek Carr and Jelly Ellis and um, Gabe Jackson on that offensive line. 
another wide receiver or two could really help Oakland um, going forward. And that's where I think of um, Randall Cobb, the free agent from the Green Bay Packers. He went over 1,200 yards receiving this season in a tandem with um, Jordy Nelson. Green Bay decided not to give him the tag. And I hear that he's looking for a deal significantly more than the $9 million that Green Bay has been offering him. So that's another place where maybe Oakland could pull out their um, money and make a move to bring in a wide receiver such as a Randall Cobb. Give them 10 to $12 million and just see where it goes. And, I mean, you have a salary floor now. You have to spend the money. I mean, why not spend the money? You know, give Derek Carr some toys. Show that you're serious about about helping him. And although he, he seemed to have recovered perfectly fine from that fibula injury he had in 2013. So if it's me, I'm spending the money. Where are you at with Randall Cobb? Huh? I mean, I'd love to have him anyways. I mean, okay. I, mean uh, I actually thought he was bigger than he is, but he's only – Five ten, so he's not big, but he he had ninety one catches last year. He was he was every time I watched Green Bay, he was in end zone catching touchdowns. It's not missing. like so. I mean, he's a player that I would love to have in New England, but I just know that he's going to end up in a team that has money to spend. Although I wouldn't be shocked if he ended up back at Green Bay. I heard that he would take a smaller deal to go back to Green Bay if if the uh, the years on the contract were fitting to what he was what he was wanting, but like you said, Oakland Jacksonville, we we can mention Oakland Jacksonville all day because they they have money to spend and they need players. So, um, but other teams that other than Oakland Jacksonville, maybe the Jets and San Francisco is going to need a, run, uh, a wide receiver. Uh, Crabtree doesn't resign. I don't even think they're going to resign Crabtree. So, um, I think he I think uh, they're going to be looking for a wide receiver. You know, another team that we haven't mentioned about, St. Louis needs a wide receiver bat, too. And they have money to spend, too. So I wouldn't be shocked if they if they go after Cobb, too. So. Well, Cobb will be a very popular man going forward. i tell you that much. And some tells me the Rams are going to end up trying to get themselves a wide receiver in the draft. So they'll probably get the receiver that Oakland doesn't take between Kevin White and Amari Cooper. So, yeah, I mean, they may go they may go for one. And I'd, also leave, I'd actually like to see the Raiders try to make a run at Crabtree, see if maybe a change of scenery could help him out. Because this ain't like he just completely tuned out last season in San Francisco. So I thought that he's done with that. I think Crabtree's the type of play. I think he's gonna. I think he's going to end up on a team like, honestly, he's going to end up on a team like New England or, or Denver or a team that is a decent team that, that he can revitalize his career because last year was a disaster for Crabtree. So he, he needs to he needs to end up on a team where and I think Kaepernick was a little bit of the issue with Crabtree. I don't think they had a uh, they weren't seeing eye to eye on certain things. I guess is how I put it. So I wouldn't be shocked if Crabtree ends up on a team a good team where he can where he can make a name for himself again. So. Yeah, well, Crabtree is a Texas guy, so I guess you can't rule out a team such as the Houston Texans. Now that they're planning on moving on from Andre Johnson, and Johnson seems to be pretty pissed about this situation. He's like, I'm not going to take a lesser role. You want me gone? Get rid of me. So I, yeah. I guess, though, when you're the franchise's all-time leading receiver, you have that right. But you are going to get your ass out. You are. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're right, man. Yeah, I see. We haven't gone to any running backs here yet tonight. So let's go on and take a look at a guy that played his college football out in Northern California, Shane Vereen. He's a great wide receiver threat. He did have over 50 catches this season. He was a complete um, mismatch in the Super Bowl. Seattle really couldn't do much with him. He's great at getting the mismatches in, in space. And Green Bay, I mean, New England, they're not going to overpay for this guy. So he's going to probably have to move on himself unless he and Belichick can come to some kind of consensus and make a deal, such as they did with Vince Wilfork last season. However, the running back market being saturated could also hurt his back because you also have Mark Ingram out there looking for work now. So, I mean, it may look like he may, in my opinion, I think Vereen may end up going back to New England or he could come probably join a place like Oakland somewhere or Detroit where he could be another receiver in a two-back set. So that seems to be where he is the most effective. And Vereen, he's your guy. So tell me how, how, how you feel about him. I love Shane Vereen. Obviously, you mentioned he was amazing. I think he had 11 catches, if I remember correctly. But I don't 
with the running backs out there right now, I don't think Shane Green ended up leaving New England because of that simple fact. There's Bush out there. There's Ingram, as you mentioned. There's DeMarco. There's all kinds of running backs available that are decent running backs. I don't think Green's going to get what he wants, and I think what ends up happening is, is he signs like a two- or three-year contract with New England just to go back to New England because the market he, – he's come, it just happens to be a terrible, terrible year for him to come out on the market with all the other running backs that are available. Uh, I didn't even mention Forsett. There's other running backs. So um, I, I think he ends up back in New England. But they're, the team that's being rumored for bringing, other than New England, would be Jacksonville, I think, is, has interest in him. So. Well, yeah, with Jacksonville, yeah, they totally have a wide receiver, I mean, a running back deficiency there. You actually have Denard Robinson playing um, running back. It worked well for a while, but, I mean, he's a small guy himself, and I think he'll get hurt trying to do that over the long haul. And Toby Gerhardt, that was just a complete waste of money for Jacksonville. So. But it is yeah, something interesting yeah. to think about. And our, yeah, our, our, and our next running back that we're going to talk about here is probably the most biggest name out there, the running back that set the Dallas Cowboys franchise record for rushing yards last season. He's played well for them over his four seasons, one DeMarco Murray. Dallas didn't tra- – they didn't tag him, so they, they said they're going to let him test the market out there in free agency. And there's a lot of teams that I think will be out there interested in his services. But if it's me, I'm still seeing that uh, Murray might go back home because I heard him say on the record that he would give Dallas a hometown discount if it was compatible to what other people were offering. So maybe Philadelphia could try, could possibly um, sway him, but if it's me, i say he's going back to Dallas. What's your prediction over there on DeMarco Murray? Well, my prediction is he's probably going to end up in Dallas, but I, I don't know. I have an opinion on DeMarco Murray that's probably not popular. I think he, I think he's a, he's a great run back, but the dude, he fumbles a lot. I mean, 13 career fumbles. And he cannot stay healthy. He is so injury prone. I'd be afraid to sign him for what he's gonna get because he's hurt all the time. Like literally from college through his NFL career, he's been hurt one way or the other pretty much all year. Even last year, he had a broken bone in his left hand. Uh, he fumbled all last year. I mean, a lot of them recovered thankfully, but he did have an amazing year. So, but if you really look at his numbers, he's had one great year, and he's had a bunch of injuries plagued by injuries. So. I'd be a little cautious when going, you know, big all-in on DeMarco Murray, especially I think Dallas is going to do that. But we'll see. Uh, Other spots, maybe Seattle or Detroit or Jacksonville, maybe even Oakland Raiders. I don't know. The Raiders have money to spend, so there's no way of knowing what they're going to spend money on. Yeah, the Raiders, though, they're kind of a long shot in those sweepstakes. Then they they probably want to see how Latavius Murray can perform for them going forward. So it would be nice to see the Raiders um, probably get Murray in a timeshare with um, Latavius Murray, but I don't think it. Sorry. And, and I hope you all enjoyed our free agency um, run rundown tonight. Remember, free agency begins next Tuesday at 1 p.m. Pacific. Good luck to all your teams. Don't spend all your money in one place. Build your team. Get to that championship. Well, Josh, it's almost about that time there, my brother. I mean, these, these things they go by way too fast, you know. <laughs> I'm gonna have to ask, I'm gonna have to ask our boss for another hour. I'm having such a great time, you know, and and it's already gone. <laughs> yeah, we we didn't get to cover half the players that I wanted to, but it's it's already 10:57, so we're kind of well 10:57 Central anyway. So unfortunately, we. Show is almost over. It was a good show, though. I think we covered a lot of stuff, and it was nice to have uh, DJ and and Z call in to ask some questions because that's what the show is all about to begin with. So, yeah, that's what it is. You know, to all the listeners out there in viewer land, this is your show too. If there's anything that you want to call and talk about, we are more than open to it. You know, there's no us without you. Thank you all for listening. You know, and I just want to say from the bottom of my heart that I appreciate it very much. And having listeners every week is what's going to help the evolution of this program going forward. So the guys like Z and DJ, I want to say thank you. Tell, tell a friend about us, you know. We we love word of mouth. You know, they can get in there. They can talk about their favorite teams too. And when when we're not, you know, rapping about the West Coast like we normally do, we have we have time here and there for smaller teams, I mean, or teams from other regions rather. 
My apologies, I don't mean like a smaller team, but yeah, teams from other regions. We have time for those here and there. So yeah, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid to tell us how you feel. You know. And next week, it's getting that, it's getting close to baseball time here. So next week, I think I'll have our guy um, Coach C on again, and he'll give us a more in-depth look at the West Coast um, baseball teams. We can take a look at teams such as the Dodgers. The Padres have made some moves this season, so we can find out how he thinks they'll do and see if the Dodgers can finally actually break through this season. So next week is going to be a great show. We'll have a lot of baseball for you. And if Russell Westbrook is still continuing to dominate the league like he's doing, we'll have, we'll have a Westbrook segment again. And, and for those of you who are in the college basketball, we have conference tournaments starting up soon also. So if you got a question about a team or you want to help fill your bracket, you know, Josh and I, we can help you with that also. Well, <laughs> C says Padre fans won't like what he has to say about, this, about their moves. But, hey, it's a free country, man. Get out there and say it anyway. They'll live, you know. <laughs> so, for myself, Ray Rome and my main man, Josh, this was the NGSC West Recess. Have yourself a great evening. Godspeed. We'll do it again next week. Tell the people where they can hey. find you at on Twitter, Josh. Oh, my uh, Twitter address is Joshin underscore me. And hit me up if you uh, have a Twitter account. I'd love to hear from you. And I am at the Sports Butler, but you know that, all my Raider people. Hit me up. We'll have a good old time. Good night and Godspeed. America, take care. Take care.
Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.